Hey there, it's Phil Harwood. Just want to take a quick minute before we begin today's podcast episode and talk to you about our live and in-person events. We had three events scheduled for 2021. We've already had two of them. Our Inner Circle, sponsored by VentTrack event, was very well attended and was a great event. And uh, just recently, we had our Forum for Sales event, sponsored by SnowX, sold out. Uh, We had a great event there as well. We have one more event coming up. It's called Grounds in Institutional Management. It's really focused on site um, issues, operations, engineering, equipment, everything having to do with with running a snow event and planning for events. This is going to be September 8th and 9th at Milton Cat in Milford, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. So we hope to see you there. Registration is open right now at snowfightersinstitute.com. Welcome to the Snowfighters Institute podcast where we hear directly from some of the most interesting people in the professional snow and ice management industry, to learn about their successes, to hear about the challenges they faced along the way, and to have their perspective on critical issues facing our industry today. I'm your host, Phil Harwood. Before I introduce today's special guest, I'd like to invite you to follow our social media feeds And check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome. My name is Phil Harwood, and I'm joined today by Tracy Fisher-Gates from SnowX. As uh, many of you are aware, SnowX is a leading supplier of snow and ice management equipment, including an extensive line of ice control spreaders, sprayers for liquid products and brine making equipment and much much more tracy thank you so much for joining us today thank you i'm very excited to be here well we are as well and i love talking about snow in the middle of summer when it's like screaming hot here we are you know coming up to fourth of july weekend and we're and we're talking about snow in fact you know, just it was just two weeks ago we had an event at SnowX, and we'll talk about that in a, a few minutes here. But it's just so great to be really getting out ahead of things and really planning for the upcoming winter. You know, as soon as we can in that cycle because it just comes around so quickly. So, thank you so much for being here and talking with us today. Um, but before we talk shop, I'm always fascinated to learn about someone's background. So I want to really just take a few minutes here uh, to hear about you know, your your background and how you ended up in this professional snow and ice management industry. Um, you know, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, where you went to school even, you know, what you studied, if, if you don't mind, and just kind of walk us through your career. How does someone get into the snow industry? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. And sometimes I wonder how I ended up here myself. So, um, well, thank you again. So my name is Tracy Fisher-Gates, and I have been with Douglas Dynamics working with the SnowX brand. Um, this October will be three years. Um, it's certainly been an ex- incredible experience, 15 months of which I've been doing it from home. So uh, it, it, it certainly has been an interesting learning curve. 
But how did I get here? Um, just want everybody to know I'm a, a graduate of Clemson University. Go oh, Tigers. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. And for those not in the snow belt. Not in the snow belt, but I also say for those college football fans out there that I need to remind everybody that when I went to school there, we could barely beat Wake Forest in football. So these last few years have been quite exciting for me, for sure. Well, I feel your pain. Um, I'm sorry to interject, but Michigan State, my alma mater is in the same. Now, we're not certainly in the stratosphere with Clemson. We had a few good years there, and now we're back where we originally started. So I, I totally understand that side of things. It's so, yeah, ahead. no, no, that's okay. Um, so after I graduated with a business degree from Clemson, I worked in banking actually in Washington, D.C. And, and it was fun, but it really kind of wasn't uh, what I was looking for. And I had the opportunity to move into a sales position with Michelin North America, the tire company. And so that's where I spent the bulk of my career. Spent about half of the time with them in their passenger and light truck uh, divisions. And then the balance of my career working in the commercial truck tire segment with big fleets and things like that. Um, as I said, I joined Douglas about three years or October will be three years. It's been an unbelievable ride and certainly a, a large learning curve, but one that I really like. And then just about me personally, I live in Bristol, Rhode Island, which is, um, as we're preparing for the 4th of July, home to the oldest 4th of July parade in the country. Wow. Um, yeah, so um, I live with my husband and our four children, um, ages 19, 17, 15, and 13. So certainly an active life and, and a very busy, uh, busy career as well. So I read somewhere that Rhode Island has so much... Uh, oceanfront land like because of all the coves and inlets that just mm -hmm. goes like the entire state is basically oceanfront property that if you took rhode island and stretched it out it would go from the tip of florida all the way up to maine have you ever heard that i have never heard that although um there are several islands and i will share with you that my mother-in-law lives in newport and to get to our house she has to cross the bridge which she in her later years is become less and less likely to do. So, uh, yeah, that's a big bridge. I've been over that bridge. It is. And <laughs> and while the state's 30 by 60, I mean, you have to drive somewhere, 30 by 60 miles, I, I think if you have to drive somewhere um, more than, than 10 minutes, it's it's like a long road trip. So, right. <laughs> so it's all good. The other fun uh, thing I've heard about Rhode Island is 3% larger at low tide. <laughs> that's really good i'm gonna use that one thank you so much i don't know if it's true or not but it sounds fine so so back to the snow industry so before you got into the snow industry you're working so banking you know that just sounds horrible regulated nobody that you know snow industry we're we're all the wild wild west we're a bunch of cowboys like there's no rules right i mean we just do whatever we want we gotta love it but then uh, tire industry, like, mm -hmm. what did you know about the snow industry before you got into it? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I remember when the recruiter called me and started talking about Douglas Dynamics and the brand and so forth. I mean, I, I really had to do my research because the extent of my experience with snow removal was me hiring somebody to come and plow my driveway in the winter. Of course. Um, I, I do want to say though that I always, always, regardless of the hour, um, asked my plow driver if he wanted a cup of coffee or hot chocolate oh, because I awesome. did recognize I did recognize how hard they work and, and so for 
for that, that that's kind of my extent. Um, but all of that being said, um, I was familiar with the transportation and the truck industry. I was just selling different products, but we do have a lot of common customers. Um, and the other, yeah, the other thing too about this business, this industry, is that every distributor, every dealer, every end user that I've interacted with since joining this business has been incredible. Um, this industry's ability to share their knowledge, openness, openness to discuss improvements, it's just not something that you find in other places. And so this group of, of core people is, is truly remarkable. And, and it's, been, it's been a pleasure to work with everybody. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. I've, I've heard that from a lot of other folks. And I've seen that in my own experience. You know, some of the other industries I've been able to get involved in over the years certainly don't have the same you know, level of desire to help other people and network and really bring up the industry. There's a lot more territorialism and people are regarded and, mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or it's very competitive. You know, it's, it's, a uh, not a blue ocean as they say. Um, Correct. but, uh, so my, my, my question here, so my other question, my next question here is, um, regarding just your own like organic feeling about snow like when you if it snows at night and you're waking up tracy's waking up in the morning going for that first cup of coffee are you like excited are you smiling can can you not wait to get outside in the snow or you're like oh my gosh it snowed life's terrible I, why do i live here <laughs> now i have always been the latter i have always been somebody who enjoys snow uh, i and it and it doesn't matter whether it's an inch or a foot uh, i've always been excited much to maybe some of uh my husband's grumpiness i i've always enjoyed it i love i love the first snow of the season and i love the last snow of the season there as you go. well so, yeah for sure yeah. Yeah, well, that bodes well. Um, although I have to say, there's lots of people who just really, you know, never like snow, but then they've come to appreciate the snow business and all the challenges and the, you know, just the experience of it. Um, it's really turned into a, a risk management emergency service much more than it ever has been before. Um, and that's been a really good thing for the industry. I think it's brought us certainly a big level of professionalism. Um, along with all the technology and cool equipment that you guys make for us. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> that helps too. Um, mm -hmm. So at SnowX, tell us what you do at SnowX, your, your role or roles. Uh, maybe you have multiple roles, but what, what, are all, what all are you involved in at SnowX? Uh, that's a great question and um, is largely why I joined this organization after so many uh, years in the previous industry is because um, I had an opportunity to have my hands in a lot of different buckets and expand my knowledge. But I'm primarily responsible for all the sales and sales related activities for uh, SnowX in the United States and Canada. I work with a great team of regionally based sales manager. Um, I have my hands in everything from distributor relationships, developing our factory authorized dealer network, sales and technical training and marketing and advertising, you name it. Um, but I will say that what I feel is my most crucial role is helping to bridge the link between listening to what the end user needs, communicating that back to our product marketing and development team so that they can start to develop and bring products to the market that will save our customers money or more importantly, make make them money. 
Um, so that is truly what I feel my, my largest role is outside of all of the other different things that I just mentioned. Yeah, I love that because it's really getting to the customer, really understanding what they need and where they're having difficulty, where they're having pain and trying to really bring to them a solution. You know, I just, I've been so impressed over the years by everyone at Douglas Dynamics and, um, you know, I, obviously Douglas is a big sponsor of the industry, all aspects of the industry. <laughs> Um, and, uh, one of those things that Douglas has sponsored was, uh, a peer group that I facilitated for many, many years and had lots of opportunities to, you know, rub shoulders with different folks from Douglas and be part of the facilities, you know, all the different, uh, facilities that you guys run mm -hmm. your, your manufacturer products from. And, and, and what I, what I've seen just throughout is this heart of really getting to the customer really trying to understand their experience and, and going out even on site and being involved in peer groups, getting involved on their properties. Um, and I just love that because it's just, I mean, that's how you're going to really understand what's going on. You know, you're never going to figure that out. You know, this <laughs> sitting in an no. office and or your home office in Rhode Island. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we I had to sit in my home office over the last several, well, actually a little over a year because of COVID. So being able to get out and, and visit yourself and, and all of uh, the end users that we do business with has been tremendous. And I've definitely um, put that into high gear <laughs> yeah. these last several months now that we're able to travel again. So with your experience, um, you know, Michelin banking, um, in other industries you've been involved in, like what stands out to you when you just kind of consider snow X, like what, what really makes snow X special, um, as far as a, a company? So it, it's an interesting question because, um, uh, you know, that that was one of the first things that I needed to assess as I joined the company as well, is how do I position this brand? What makes it special? How do I differentiate between all of the other products and, and solutions that are out there? And in the end, it really boils, boils down to having a complete um, snow and ice removal um, solution. So we offer everything from plows to hoppers, to tailgates, to UTV solutions. You name it, we have it. And um, while some of the other brands may kind of dabble in to liquids, we offer a full commercial solution. Same with our UTV products and our plows. And so when we, we talk about SnowX, the brand, it doesn't matter whether you, you need to buy a shovel or you need to buy um, and outfit your complete truck, we have that solution. And so that's what I think makes us different from some of the other brands that are out there providing um, services and solutions. Yeah, thank you. And then talk to us about the parent company. So this is called Douglas Dynamics. Some people have never heard that before, but that's the parent company. That's now a publicly traded entity, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So tell um, us about Douglas. Well, I, it, it, and again, doing my due diligence in joining this company, one of the things that, that struck me is that we are publicly traded under the ticker plow. So I figured somebody at the company <laughs> must have had a pretty good sense of Love humor. It. Yeah, me too. Me too. So we currently have three divisions within um, our organization with various brands. So we have a municipal snow and ice solution division, which is primarily Henderson truck equipment. 
We most recently uh, acquired Dejana, which is a Northeast based truck equipment upfitter, which created our truck upfitting division. And then we have the commercial snow and ice division, which is what I'm a part of. And within that division, we offer three brands, Fisher, Western, and now Snowax. So lots of brands, lots of umbrellas, lots of sub umbrellas, if you will. But in the end, we all work together to make sure that we're out there leading the way for all snow and ice management uh, solutions. Yeah, and those brands are just, um, you know, so well ingrained in the industry. I mean, and people love their brands, right? I mean, there's people oh. like, oh, Western's worth that. We're all red, you know, and then other people, <laughs> Fisher, you know, and like they would never consider you know, like their whole identity is wrapped up around these brands, which is fantastic, right? <laughs> it, it is, it is. And so, um, and I love that. I love that the, the brand loyalty is something that you just can't buy. I mean, you, you can try to, but it's a very expensive proposition. But um, we have deep, deep history and roots and, and innovation and you name it with regards to Fisher Western and now SnowX joining the family. It's truly remarkable what this uh, company Douglas Dynamics has been able to do uh, with the products that they offer. Yeah, awesome. Tell us a little bit, Tracy, about your um, kind of thoughts about the event we had a couple of weeks ago. You know, uh, you, you, like I mentioned, SnowX is a generous sponsor of Snowfighters Institute, and I wanted to thank you so much for that. Um, and we recently held our Forum for Sales event, which is our most popular event that we've had. I don't know if it always will be, but it has been historically, and it was um, it was a sold out event uh, this year as well. And we had that event at your headquarters and manufacturing facility right in Madison Heights, Michigan. Um, so why why sponsor these events? How valuable do you think these types of events are for for both the attendee and then also for the SnowX team? Well, I, I think that um, why sponsor it? I mean, why not? I mean, wh why not be able to bring our, our users closer to the manufacturing process and give them a sneak peek behind that curtain? I, I mean, it just it, it just seems like the correct partnership and we enjoy doing these. And plus we get a lot of voice of customer that we can take back. There's a lot of conversation that happens when in between the material that you're presenting, we go grab a cup of coffee and somebody shares with me an idea that they have or a, a, something to improve. But um, I, I got to say that your event was was really incredible, and I highly recommend it to any of your listeners out there, because um, especially the forum for sales, what struck me about that particular curriculum and the content that you you provided is that it wasn't just sales 101. Your organization was able to present sales strategies and approaches, but also draw the link between the sales process and the uniqueness of our business. And to me, that was very impactful. Um, and, and that's why I think that number one, we participate um, as a manufacturer in these classes to be able to listen and to also understand and get a greater understanding of your their processes and the challenges that they face um, and everything that comes along with that. So yeah, yeah, good. So Tracy, 
Um, obviously, it's been a while since we've had a really good, massive trade show. <laughs> Do you think trade shows are done? Because, I mean, that's one of the really cool places where people can go and see all the brands and interact and, you know, play with some of the equipment they, they might not own yet, but they're hoping to have soon. Uh, what do you think? Are trade shows done or are they going to come back? That's a really great question and one that's been debated within uh, our organization. Um, I think that as a general kind of observation, it's very easy to sit back and access, uh, you know, assess all the things that we lost in 2020. Um, but in actuality, when it comes to trade shows, new product launches, things like that, um, the the lack of trade shows forced all manufacturers to assess how do we communicate new products and and how do we communicate messages out there in the market if we don't have those mediums so in the end i think you know certainly the big three for douglas dynamics which would be ntea sima and gie we'll certainly continue to participate i think that they will still have large crowds um, but I think that what we learned through this post-COVID world or, or having to, I don't even know how you describe what exactly 2020 was, but I, I do think that um, what we've learned how to do is communicate these messages in other ways, mm -hmm. like Zoom calls or YouTube videos. I, I'll give you an example. Just last week, SnowX held a Zoom conference for the launch of our new mid-weight UTV yeah, products, which was great. And what was interesting is we had participants from as far away from Alaska all the way to Nova Scotia. And those are, are individuals who may not be able to go to GIE every year. They may not be able to attend the SIMA conferences because they tend, while they do move around and they do try to, to, to have locations that are accessible to everybody, we're really able to now, um, because of COVID, um, create these new mediums to contact our customers. And so I think that what you'll see is the big trade shows will certainly happen because everybody still will want to put their hands on those new products and see how it mm -hmm. looks and feels. But in the end, we, we will do that in addition to our Zoom links and conferences and things like mm -hmm. that. So if anything, I think our, our communication has improved. Um, so that's my assessment. We'll see how everything shakes out. I think I think it's dead on. People certainly want to do things in person. You know, look at our event two weeks ago. Sold out room. Yeah. Everyone's excited. All the survey results are off the charts that we've received so far. So, um, you know, I think people want to do that. But also, people really got comfortable being online and doing things mm -hmm. online. And whether it's live or, or on-demand type stuff. And so I think just fusing all those things together... I mean, we, we never, Snowfighters never expected to be doing a podcast. And we started a <laughs> podcast in the middle of the pandemic because what else am I going to do from my home office? You know? And, uh, and so, and we've had thousands of people raving about how much they love the Snowfighters podcast. And we've had listeners from around the world. It's amazing really? when I, when I look at the stats wow. and I just see the traffic and I see the reach, it's incredible. Right. It just blows my mind. Like, why didn't we do this a right. long time that's, ago? <laughs> right. That's the same thing. Like, my goodness, we should have done this several years ago. But hey, that's that is the benefit of COVID. 
you know, everybody's yeah. quick to say all the negative things, like I said, but let's put our optimistic hat on and take a look at really, you know, all of the good things that have come from it. And this is certainly one. Well, how has COVID changed or or maybe not changed the manufacturing process? I'm sure your office workers, you know, were disrupted like everyone else in an office environment, non-critical positions, but life probably went on in the in the manufacturing world, right? Life went on. Um, we we did uh, in the very beginning uh, make the decision to close um, our three manufacturing facilities for a period of time. Um, we still have um, several of our employees um, from the office uh, uh, working from home um, for a myriad of different reasons, and um, so it, it affected us like it affected everybody else. I. I've always been a remote employee, even in my previous uh, positions with Michelin. So I've always worked from home. The difference was I never worked from home five days a week. So that <laughs> right. one was that. That was a little bit of an adjustment. You must um, work from home all the time. I know <laughs> that, and and I'll tell you this funny story too. We all got to know each other's pets and children. Oh, right. <laughs> these various there's no way to stop it. Yeah, there's no way to stop it. I was Just on please the wear phone. pants. Yeah, no, I know. There was one instance where I was on a Zoom call with with my manager and our youngest son, who has blonde hair, kept peeking around the corner because he knew he wasn't allowed to have his phone until he um, finished his chores. But he finished his chores right when I was on a Zoom conference, so his little head was popping in. But again, if anything, I think that humanized all of us too. Um, because we do have families and we do have pets and we do have crazy things that happened. Um, but in the end, we're all kind of getting back into the swing of things. Luckily, our manufacturing facilities were able to shut down for just a short period and the employees were brought back to work um, with with great guidelines put in place to, to secure um, th their health. And we're transitioning back into um, the office as we speak, so... Tracy, what about um, just kind of thinking a little bit more about the manufacturing process and just the global, um, you know, situation with with shipping and supply? I've been reading articles recently about just the backlogs at the ports, difficulty mm -hmm. getting products, you know, off these con the containers off ships, like months and months and months backlog of is that is that affecting our industry? I. I I don't know one industry that it's not affecting right now. So I'll say that. I will say Douglas is in a unique position um, to help all of our customers because we do manufacture a lot of things in-house, hydraulic cylinders and so forth. Um, so that's that's really good. However, we, we do have a supply chain um, and we do have um, components that are sitting offshore and you can read whatever. All you have to do is Google um, Long Beach, California, and tons of articles will tell you just how bad it is out there. Um, but all of that being said, I think that the team at Douglas, our supply chain team, has done an incredible job, not only forecasting, but also anticipating um, the rise in cost in steel and some of the other raw materials that go into our, our products. But I, I don't think that there's one industry that's immune from what we feel the effects of this post-COVID world are. Um, the advice that I give to everybody, whether you're a friend of mine buying a dishwasher or you're a customer of mine buying a plow, 
order now because it's it, because you if you wait until the last minute, um, you'll have prolonged lead times or you run into the potential of not being able to get the products that you want. Mm -hmm. I, that's really good advice. It's that's always been there in our industry. Like, you know, there's a certain um, there's only so much product. And, and so mm -hmm. there's a, there's a scramble to get your orders in early and make sure you have things in hand so you can, you know, acquire, you know, um, bring them on board and get them, get your people trained and just go through all the process internally to take a new piece of equipment and, and integrate it into your operational processes. But, you know, we've, we've never, you know, before COVID, you know, it didn't take six months to get you know, to get a chair from the furniture store, you know right. what I mean? Like, like this is a whole new world we're in. <laughs> it, it, it really is. And, um, it, I, I had a customer actually say that, um, he, he's kind of close to retirement. Tell me, I never thought at the tail end of my career that I would be, become a crisis manager. And he said, this is the beginning of COVID. And I recently saw him and he said, yeah, so this is phase two of this crisis management <laughs> class that I've been taking. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's interesting. But again, I can't express to everybody out there the need to get your products early and prepare um, so that you don't lose out on uh, on business this fall or when the first name snowstorm comes comes across the yeah, United great advice. Canada. Mm -hmm. Well, give us a little peek behind the curtain. This is one of the things I love uh, talking about when I have the chance to talk to a manufacturer. I know there's certain things you can't disclose because you have your trade secrets and all your innovations that aren't ready for prime time yet or <laughs> ready for mm -hmm. release yet, I should say. Um, but tell us a little bit, if you can, just some of the some of the behind the curtain type projects or, or things that you're working on that you can disclose. Sure, sure. So um, I was going to say something about being behind the curtain and, and top secret stuff, but we, we are very transparent and and try to provide everybody with as much information going forward. But three particular things that I've been involved with and really been able to concentrate on because of COVID and the reduction to our travel schedule, um, we are revamping um, for the SnowX brand our technical service and sales training programs. Um, we're redesigning all of the material with the adult learning behaviors in mind to make sure that those training experiences are impactful. So um, I think that you'll find as we start to, as we begin to roll out these classes mid-July all the way through this fall that that the attendees, whether it's a, a tech guy or a sales guy, um, we'll, we'll retain the information that we're presenting to them in a way that they that we just didn't do before. Um, so that's the first one. The second one is that um, SnowX has been working um, in concert with our distribution partners to reduce the time it takes for us to get to you whatever product that you need in the middle of the storm. Because in the end, um, if you have a two or three day lead time before we can get your plow fixed, that's just not acceptable because so then you're losing season. money. Right, yeah, during, in during season the stuff. Yeah. yeah, in season. So we're working with our um, our logistics team and our distribution uh, partners logistics team to improve that for all of our users, which I think is certainly very, very important. 
It's huge. Um, and yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Um, and then finally, I, I think that this is kind of fun and exciting, but the Snow X brand is in the process of updating all of our marketing and advertising efforts. I think that it, well, I think I know that you'll see in the, the coming months, um, our product technical videos all on YouTube, super easy to access. You'll see a focus on digital marketing um, to reach a broader audience as opposed to some of the trade publication magazines and so forth. And most importantly, and this is so much fun for me, but you're also gonna see a new look and feel to the brand. Um, our, our advertising, our logos, our color schemes, you name it, haven't been updated since we acquired Trinex in 2014, 2015. So really kind of refreshing just the look and the feel to the brand and, and generating that excitement. That's been a lot of fun to work on over these last couple of months. Yeah, that's great. It's mm -hmm. crazy how everyone loves YouTube. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I, I just I'm amazed at what YouTube has turned into. <laughs> I kind of figured YouTube would be gone by now, like MySpace or something, but YouTube's <laughs> like, where it's at? Like everyone loves YouTube. <laughs> it's it's where it's at. I mean, you know, even just like, I mean, whether you're personally at home and you need to install a ceiling fan or, you know, you have a, a an issue with your plow, all you have to do is type in a few keywords to the search field and it pops and boom, up. You're there. Yeah, and so over the last several months, we've taken all of our technical um, videos and we put them on YouTube, which is fantastic because yeah. they were housed in a different medium before. Right. But you gotta go look for them, and yeah, exactly, right. exactly. So little things like that, I think, will make a big difference. And and again, we want it to be easy for our, for our customers to access the information that they need. Yeah. Okay. All right, Tracy, I'm going to give yeah. you a minute here to um, just brag on one of your products. So um, <laughs> just, you know, like now's your chance to sell. You're in sales, right? Now you're switch, put on your sales hat. I'm going to let you sell. And we're just going to give you permission to just go for it. So what are you really excited about? Okay, so I can't just do one. I'm sorry, I'm a okay, salesperson. Fine. I have to ask her more. So this coming season, um, we are launching the mid-duty UTV plow as well as the drop spreader, which is really exciting for us as we continue to innovate the sidewalk solution products. Um, you can find tons of information about that on our website, and I'll address that just here at the close of my comments. But I'd also like an opportunity, and this is where my second product comes in, um, to plug our Helix spreader line. Mm -hmm. Last year was the first season where we offered the full line in both poly and stainless steel. Um, what makes this product so unique and frankly a game changer for any end user out there who's spreading salt is our shaftless auger system, which we refer to as the Helix. And what that does is it outperforms traditional auger systems and it delivers unmatched material flow. Um, I will say the demand and the acceptance of this product in the market has exceeded any forecast that we put together. And I would definitely, since this is now going into the second um, season with this product, uh, recommend it or at least have you consider that if you spread salt. Um, and then finally, if any of the listeners out there are interested in the products that I just talked about or any of the other products that we offer, I would ask that you visit snowxproducts.com. You can get more in-depth information. Um, and we also have a link to our dealer locator that you can check out. 
Snowix has over a thousand dealers within the network and they'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. So there's my plug. Great. Thank you so much. It wasn't too bad, right? No, that was good. I mean, you got to give the salesperson a chance to sell. Thank you. you. I understand. You know, I think it would just be really, I mean, maybe this is a good uh, follow-up topic for another um, uh, session. I would love, I think it'd be really fascinating to hear about what goes into kind of the the R&D process and the innovation that goes into, you know, designing something that's really unique that the industry hasn't seen before. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be really fun to learn where, where this auger system came from, if it was modeled after something from another industry or just... Or if it was just from the ground up, like, <laughs> you know, like in in the lab, or if it really came from a recommendation, or maybe someone had built one in their shop in Timbuktu, and you guys saw it. I don't know. I, I think it'd be fascinating. We should get some product people on here and talk about that. Let's definitely do that. And I have heard a few different stories about how the Helix actually came to fruition, which we will save for a later podcast, but I will tell you it has something to do with barbecuing meat. So I'm going to leave that little tidbit there. And then, and then I'm going to have, I'll have, I'll make sure that I have the appropriate people uh, on and that would be a fun podcast. Yeah, we're going to do that. Where did the Helix come from? We're going to do a deep (laughs) dive into where the, and, and more broadly the R and D process. Absolutely. How the voice of the customer ties into that. I think that would be a really interesting podcast episode. Um, I, so I got. Too. I have a few more questions I sure. want to throw at you here. So, so hang with me here. I'm always care about curious about demand. So, yeah. how is 2021 looking here post COVID projections for the rest of the year? I know we talked about you know um, global supply t- chain issues, but aside from supply chain stuff, just what what's demand looking like? Uh, demand is very, very strong. Um, I, I think I, I try to think about ways to illustrate for individuals just what this demand looks like. But an example would be within the municipal snow and ice market. So say that the town that you live in um, has a need for snow and ice equipment. They've also been federally funded with a lot of uh, money here just recently from the various bills that have been passed by the federal government. And so they have the money that they need to spend by a certain time. So that in and of itself is going to affect all um, aspects of our dealer network and the demand and the constraints to supply that are out there. Um, But as I referenced before, I cannot emphasize enough for any end user, any fleet, anybody who has a snow and ice equipment need to please get in there now because the last thing you want to do is is wait um, because demand is so high. Um, money is very inexpensive right now. And um, just just get out there and, and buy your product in, in, in June, July, in, when it's 100 degrees out there. Trust me, you, you'll appreciate me saying that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. So, um, impressions of the industry so far, sounds like, uh, it's been a positive experience for you. It has, um, positive and welcoming. Uh, Every person that I've met so far is so collaborative, so engaging. And as I said before, as a new person, so welcoming, I'm so honored to be a part of this. And I do feel it's my responsibility to help our customers make and save money. And, and, 
all of those things go into how we're positioning our brand and the products that we bring to market. So I ask that everybody that, that meets me or meets one of the regional sales managers or our dealers or anything, any, any way that you can keep sharing, keep collaborating with us, we'll deliver what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know you're, um, you're, you're not in the last stages of your career by any means. But I'm always interested to hear how people answer this question. So this this next question I have here on my list here, I'm just going to throw it at you. So if you just thought back over, you know, your your career thus far, is there something that really stands out to you that you're really proud of? Well, just real quick, there's always the chance that I could win the lottery. Okay. So right. that would that would put that in would, tie back. That would so, yeah, take that you would out. have to. Yeah, exactly. I understand. Take me out. So totally. Just you know, there's a small chance, but it's still keep there. us in so, mind when you get the big boat. <laughs> Where you can house two hundred people on it. There you go. The, the luxury yacht. <laughs> no, I understand. Um, so I, you know, here's here's what I'll say as as a people manager and somebody who's led sales teams. Any of the people that have reported to me that have gone on to take a promotion, I, I it gets me excited. I, I feel so proud of them and what they've been able to accomplish, and I get a great deal of satisfaction. Um, from that. And I've had a few people who over the years have moved into positions that I previously held, which is really exciting. I'm still holding out for that one individual or maybe multiple individuals that I was once their direct report, and now I'm directly reporting to them. So when that happens, I think that that will absolutely be the proudest moment that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'd be remiss not to mention how proud I am to work for Douglas Dynamics as well. We kind of touched upon it in a previous question. Um, but going through COVID and going through all of these these crazy headwinds that we experienced last last year, Um, The company that I worked for put our employees first in every COVID-related decision that was made. We certainly weren't immune to having to shut down our our manufacturing facilities, but Douglas worked to make sure that not one employee had a break in compensation. Um, And then when we did bring our workers back, we went above and beyond to make sure that they had a safe working environment and reduce the COVID exposure because we are in a plant and people are very close to each other. And th- those are just a few things that, that Douglas did to make sure that no one was left behind. Um, and, and it was truly remarkable. I, I would say that whether you work for Fisher or Western or Henderson or Dijana, you name it, we're, we're one family. And it makes me really proud to be part of an organization like that, because unfortunately, not all companies lead uh, with the value of their human capital. So it, that's a very long-winded way of me talking about proud moments, but that certainly was one that made me feel proud to work for this company too. Yeah, so. thank you for sharing that. I, you know, mm-hmm. we 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 don't always know right what's behind mm-hmm. companies, how they treat their people, and things. So, thank you for sharing that. That makes a big impact, big difference. Yeah, certainly for your people, but even just with your, you know, just with our thoughts about about the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the industry? So just kind of big picture, you know, you're still newer to the industry, but obviously you've been part of strategy, strategic conversations and, you know, sales and marketing plans and branding. So you, you, you have a good grasp on the industry, I would assume, mm-hmm. after three years. 
what how would you describe the state of the industry as of today so i i think um i think that business is in a state of transition um i feel that government regulations on everything from driver fitness to salt usage will have a significant impact on how our customers do business and earn money I have some concerns about the increased liability lawsuits and insurance regulations and how that will affect the contracts that are written uh, for snow and ice removal and and really, frankly, the cost to deliver those services. Um, All of those concerns being said, I also feel that snow and ice manufacturers will innovate by listening to our customers. Um, to provide solutions to reduce the effects of all of the unknowns that I just mentioned. Um, And the other thing that's very interesting and very positive is that the available resources for our customer base are so much more than even five years ago. And frankly, even other parts of anything having to do with trucks um, or truck equipment or frankly tires for that matter. Snowfighters Institute and the programs that you've developed being a perfect example of being able to bring this community together to uh, work to provide and and uncover solutions. Um, So, yeah, so, you know, on one hand, I have concerns, largely regulatory concerns, but on the other hand, I have full confidence that our end users, our networks, and everybody else that's involved in, in the snow and ice industry will be able to come together to to figure out a solution. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other trends that you're seeing? You mentioned a few there yeah. that, of things that we should be keeping our eye on. Any other kind of trends that you're seeing that um, you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I, I look, and I said it three or four times already, buy your equipment now. Please, please buy your equipment now because um, I just feel that there's so many uncertainties um, and you don't want to be in a position where you've missed the opportunity to be able to pick up business because somebody else didn't plan accordingly. So that would be absolutely my biggest message, buy your equipment today um, because there is going to be um, some sort of unforeseen challenge as it relates to the trends that we're seeing in the market with regards to labor or supply chain. And you have, if you plan accordingly, the opportunity to pick up quite a bit of business if you're, you're ready for it. Yeah. Well, thank you for the um, admonishment, (laughs) the heads up, (laughs) Uh, because it's not something we're always thinking about, you know, especially in in June. Um, But uh, we need to this, this, especially with what's going on right now. Well, Tracy, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to share with our listeners? Buy SnowX. Of <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. So we, and we'll definitely we'll definitely get the product management team and the, the R&D team on here and explain to you how they, they came up with the idea with the Helix Auger or Shaftless Auger, I should say. That would be really That good. would be a really, really fun podcast to participate we in. We will definitely do that. Well, Tracy, thank you again so much for your support of Snowfighters and taking time out to join us today on this podcast episode. And we wish you a great rest of the summer. And thank you again. And, and we'll talk hopefully soon about the, the Helix. Sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Snowfighters Institute podcast. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, become a subscriber today so you won't miss any future episodes. And don't forget to check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Now go forth.